Welcome to Explorations of the Heart and Soul, guided meditations by Australian Zen teacher Andrew Tutel. Find out more at ordinarymind.com.au. Andrew's Zen teachings are made possible by donations from people like you. During this session, I will do a guided meditation exploring the topic of suffering, which I'm defining as seeking and resisting being just this moment. Once again, um, I invite you to share this with me, to trust in my guidance. It's a great privilege to be leading a guided meditation. And if you feel some sense of hesitancy, or resistance to following the guidance, that's perfectly fine and okay. But basically, uh, three phases that we'll move through during the guided meditation. During the first phase, I will be inviting you to notice all the different ways, all the subtle ways, the separate self, the egoic self as the activity of either seeking or resisting, avoids being this moment avoids being the now. In the second and third phase of the meditation, we'll be exploring the two basic practices of how during meditation, We practice waking up from the activity of the separate self, the activity of suffering. And when I say psychological suffering, I mean suffering, I mean psychological suffering. So just resting in your posture, I want to invite you to 
and during this guided meditation to just practice just sitting just sitting is our core practice in ordinary mind zen which has its origins in the soto zen tradition it's the most simplest form of meditation but also the most advanced because it's not easy to do to just sit and do nothing just be just being this moment So, as we're just sitting, let us notice how difficult that is just to sit, just to be nothing, just to rest as awareness as now we'll all have our different ways of avoiding just being this moment. Many, many, many years of conditioning have sown the seeds of avoiding being this moment. So the activity of avoiding being just this moment is the activity of the self-centered self, the separate self. practice 
uh, during our practice right now. Notice the different forms. Seeking and resisting this moment take. And they're all variations of the thought. This is not it. I don't want to be this moment. It usually doesn't take long for a kind of sense of boredom sometimes to arise. We're so used to doing something or being entertained that it's very difficult just to be, do nothing. It's very common both for beginners and experienced practitioners to suddenly just lose ourselves and get caught into a daydream, a fantasy. When I was a beginner, my activity used to be often just planning. I'd be lost in the future, planning the future. Or fantasizing about what um, of, of morning tea or lunch. the other way in which the direction of thought goes is towards the past. 
getting lost in memories or ruminations. And this, of course, gives us some insight into how the, the little mind, the separate self works during our everyday lives. When we simplify everything with Sazen, we get an opportunity to see more clearly in the activity of the separate self. Which gives us the opportunity to see that it's just an illusion. Turn to the reality of just being, of awareness. Awareness doesn't have to seek the now, and awareness never resists the now, because awareness is the now. It can't be anything other than just this moment. Being just this moment is synonymous with being base awareness that we are. Sometimes in spiritual teaching, the metaphor of the mirror or the screen is used to stand in for awareness. And the activity of the, the character that we play, the separate self, appears on the screen. And through the normal process of dissociation, awareness becomes lost in that dream or drama that's appearing on the screen. And we forget our true nature, we forget this being the screen. We are back identifying with the dream. The reason why this kind of formal practice of sitting for 40 minutes in silence 
or listening to a guided meditation for 40 minutes. There's this simplification almost like a research laboratory where we can actually see this activity more clearly, the activity of the separate self. The separate self cannot be this moment and cannot be the now. It can only be the future or the past. Only awareness can be now. So when we are sitting in meditation, we can see how we can get addicted to thinking. And this can also be present in our everyday life. But the other common ways of avoiding being just this moment are many, whether they be various substances or activities or relationships where we're seeking some kind of future that's better than this moment or we may be lost in some kind of regret or about how things are not as good as they used to be. We tell stories to ourselves all the time, which is just another form of the activity of the separate self. It's not easy just to sit and be even for 10 seconds. The spinning mind is off spinning very quickly, taking us away from just this moment. Hopefully through this kind of practice, this spinning mind starts to gradually slow down just enough 
helps to catch ourselves getting caught in its vortex. So as I've spoken about previously, there are two basic practices. And I'll just once again use the metaphor that Dan Siegel developed called the Wheel of Awareness to illustrate them. So at the center of the wheel of awareness is the heart, which is awareness itself. And the spokes of the wheel are the stretching of attention to the various different contents of awareness or phenomena of awareness, whether they be perceptions, sensations, thoughts or feelings that are constantly changing on the rim of the wheel. Because the field of our awareness, the field of our phenomenal consciousness is vast. We can't always be conscious of everything which is going on in the field of our awareness. So when we are practicing attention meditation, and if we are focusing, for example, on the breath, then we're having a very rich experience and very explicit knowing of the texture and sensations of the breath. But we may not quite be so aware of what's going on at the soles of our feet. It's perfectly fine. That's just the way consciousness works. If we were conscious of everything in fine detail about what was going on, we would go insane. So attention practice is one important practice. And so if, for example, we have noticed that we're constantly spinning, into thought of the past or the future. Then we can bring the, our attention, the spoke of our attention onto that process of thinking. We may simply become meta-aware or meta-conscious of the thinking 
and we start to see more clearly the coming and going of many different thoughts, and we start to get some insight into the kinds of patterns of thinking that we experience. So just watching the thoughts, witnessing the thoughts is one example of that kind of practice. The other practice is to label the thoughts, which is Joko Beck's practice. Having the thought, looking forward to lunch. So we re-represent the thought in words to ourselves. So this practice of observing thoughts, labeling thoughts, is one way in which we loosen up the tendency to get lost in thoughts and get lost in that dissociative dream. And it helps us then to return to just being, just being awareness. If you are overwhelmed by a torrential waterfall of thoughts and just say thinking or lost in thoughts and come back to awareness. This is a very important practice, but in a, in a way, it's a intermediary step towards just sitting. It's a practice which we can practice during our everyday life as well as when we're meditating. And it's about helping us to wake up to when we've got lost in the dream. But that kind of practice is still a subtle form of duality. It's a subtle subject which is observing an object. And sometimes, even in that kind of practice, that could be the last hiding place of the separate self. pretending to be egoless consciousness, but in fact, the witness has become a very subtle observing ego. And that's one of the dangers of that kind of practice. Still a subject and object duality, but it's still an important practice in, this, in preparation for the practice of just sitting which is a practice of non-separation. 
the practice of just sitting is literally becoming one with the totality of just sitting. We just allow our attention to return to awareness, relax, and sink deeper and deeper and deeper into the bottomless well of awareness. And then we start to taste the peace and happiness of our true nature. And even if anxiety or anger or sadness or fear is arising, we open ourselves embrace it, become one with it. This is the ending of suffering by becoming one with the difficult feeling. And the problem disappears into the non-separation. There can only be a problem if there is a duality of subject and object, or self and other. There can only be a conflict or a problem if duality, if we're caught in duality. Again, there is a danger to this practice as well, which is we could actually just pretend to ourselves that we're practicing non-separation as we kind of like drift into a hazy daydream. And if we find that happening, we come back and return to the attention practice of focusing on an object. So it can be a bit of a to and fro process. The ego, the separate self is a very tricky beast and is very reluctant to let go. It's grip. We don't have to get rid of it. We just have to see clearly the form of activity it takes. And as we taste more and more the peace and happiness of our true nature, just being here now, the activity of the separate self, 
begins to disperse and its gravitational pull gets less strong as the gravitational pull of our true nature, our true self, gets stronger. And our true self calls us home. The paradox is, of course, the, the separate self is always yearning to become one with our true nature, with our true self. It just cannot do it because it can only exist in the past or the future because it doesn't really exist. It's an illusion. why I like to do these 40 minute periods of meditation rather than 25 minutes or 30 minutes. It just gives us that extra time to notice how we want to avoid being just this moment. Particularly if it gets a little bit more uncomfortable. Now don't suggest that you sit on a cushion and sit through extreme levels of pain. Please sit on a chair and be comfortable if that's the case. But just simply sitting and doing nothing for most of us Westerners is enough because it's not something that we are accustomed to doing. It's a, it's a great challenge to, to sit and be this moment just for 10 seconds before the spinning mind takes us away again. And, um, you know, you don't need to believe me, you can observe this directly in your own practice. So we learn what works best for us on a, for our own practice. The kind of mix of bringing our attention onto an object and waking up from the dream by doing that, or by simply relaxing our attention and seeking, sinking deeper and deeper into awareness and waking up from the dream in that way. Both of these practices have downsides, as I mentioned before, so you need to mix them up a little bit and be as honest with yourself as you can possibly be.
But as we surrender to this moment by sinking deeper and deeper into awareness, when you start to taste the true nature of the peace and happiness, the equanimity, you know it directly, you cannot doubt it. You experience the unperturbability of awareness. You experience the constancy, continuity, and unchanging nature of awareness. And that is our refuge. There is no refuge in the separate self. All we get from the separate self is continuous dissatisfaction, intermittent moments of happiness when something that is desirable has been achieved or some desirable object has been obtained, but that happiness disappears very quickly. Whereas the happiness of our true nature is continuous. It's within, it's who we are. And when we discover that, the conditioned nature of seeking happiness in relationships, in activities, in substances, in achievements of one kind or another, starts to dissipate and literally leaves us. To then share our peace and our happiness with the world rather than seeking peace and happiness from the world. <laughs>